Archaeology is the search for fact, not truth. So forget any ideas you've got about lost cities, exotic travel, and digging up the world. We do not follow maps to buried treasure, and X never, ever marks the spot. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Nothing shocks me. You are listening to Think Theory Radio. 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 Hello and welcome to Think Theory Radio, the show that brings you topics outside the mainstream realm of thought and ideas to make you think. And I'm your host, Damien Perdue, your historical guide on this archaeological ride of audio delights. Of course, I'm joined by Polly C. Yo, yo, yo. And that intro that you heard means that today we are doing awesome archaeology. Archaeology, <laughs> And uh, stories of wonder. Is that what it's called? I don't know. It's just threw that one in there. Stones to, to tie it, tie overturn. It. I yes. don't know. <laughs> Digging up old bones, bones to dig, and it's actually kind of a. It's an archaeology, awesome archaeology year in review. Okay, it's the last show of the year, and also all the stories from twenty twenty three that you couldn't get in. Yeah, a bunch of ones that couldn't in. fit in throughout the year, but also some of the most. Uh, enigmatic and important discoveries that have been made in 2023. It might be one of those years that goes down in history as the one that changed our perspective on the origins of humanity. Or maybe not. You serious there, Clark? (laughs) It's true. There actually were. There were like tons of discoveries this year that pushed back a lot of the timeline of different civilizations and also change the uh our our beliefs in certain kind of aspects of ancient life and what we believed to be like one instance is the whole ancient tribal kind of hunter gatherer you know that the men were the hunters and women were the nesters that's been thrown out the window <laughs> because of some uh, important archaeological discoveries hmm. that not only were made this year, but have been made in recent years. But this year they have found some, some pretty cool stuff that have kind of shown that to be false. <laughs> false categorically. Historical Historically narrative. and categorically. Mm-hmm. And I, I think... Metaphorically. <laughs> and I think that's the interesting thing about, you know, we've talked about on the show before, one, the technology that's available to us nowadays... And we're able to find so much more archaeological evidence with laser scanning, without digging. But also the kind of, uh, what do you call it, the prejudice that used to be involved in archaeology because you basically had a bunch of European white men that ran archaeology for hundreds of years. That's changed. So you don't have those, you know, presupposed kind of belief systems put on top of what they find. Okay. Right? Because there was a lot of racism and sexism involved in a lot of uh, archaeology and anthropology for years. And now that you have more of a kind of, you know, equity within that field and people are, you know, 
showing the light that <laughs> a lot of things we believed weren't true. So that's pretty cool. Um, well, I guess we'll start off in the ancient past. <laughs> and this where is archaeology actually, goes. I know, I know. <laughs> but actually, so this show, I didn't. Well, a lot of times with the archaeology show, I'll do, you know, not just humans, but it'll be like some dinosaur stuff or whatever, some mm-hmm. old fossils. But this one's, this show's totally humans or hominids. So isn't that technically anthropology or is that? It's both. Because, okay. I mean, anthropology would be concerned with the actual, you know, the people, the humans. Mm-hmm. But there's also archaeology would be kind of the... Uh, some of the artifacts mm-hmm. that have been left behind, mm-hmm. which we have found. And so one of the things is that we've talked about on the show before, how the Neanderthals painted on, you know, that, that, that now we know that Neanderthals weren't just big dumb apes and they actually had art and they painted on caves. And now we believe that the oldest cave paintings were made by Neanderthals. Mm. And in 2023, we actually found more Neanderthal art that's even older from the La Roche-Cotard cave in France. But what's really interesting. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, what were they trying to tell us, you know, with the mm. art? Was it was it just like, this is what life is. These are the things we encounter. Is it like, hey, if y'all don't eat... Like, seem like them hunting or whatever. Yeah. If y'all don't eat, you're going to die. So we're going to paint that <laughs> so that the kids know. Well, I think some, well, some of the stuff they found is like paintings of, which could be part of that. Because it's yeah. definitely a lot of the old paintings, you know, like cave paintings are animals. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also symbols that could possibly be astrological. Kind of charting the path of the moon yeah. what and the was, sun. Yeah, what was their inspiration? Was it, yeah, was it something like that? Was it? Yeah, I mean, I think a, a lot of early human civilization and any kind of lead towards that path had to do with studying the seasons, the patterns, because it's what they had to do. They had yeah. to know to survive, you know, when it's, when winter's going to be here, when, mm-hmm. when is the sun out, when is it hot, you know, when do these animals come and go? Because, mm-hmm. you know, the animals had their, you know, um, yeah, migration patterns. Yeah. But we're talking about the... Neanderthal art, but now, dun 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 dun. <laughs> There's also possibility that Homo erectus, which is an odd word to say, I feel like it mm-hmm. sounds like something else. But anyway, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> made the world's oldest doodle. <laughs> well, yeah. Now, if you would have said, that sounds weird when I say it after the sentence. That's true. That would have been even weirder. All right. Okay. So Homo erectus is also artistic. Yes. 500,000 years ago. And it was basically uh, shell engravings. It's just a zigzag shell engraving. So it's, okay. not, it's not, you know, not that advanced still it's not picasso it's not uh michelangelo or anything <laughs> or candy wiley mom like why didn't you put my my report on the fridge why do you have my little brother's artwork it's awful <laughs> hush it's the only thing that he did this year just just let him have it <laughs> i guess it's a zigzag engraving on a shell from indonesia that's the oldest abstract marking ever found <laughs> And uh, yeah, so some our our ancient ancestor, the Homo erectus, some 
You know, and what's interesting, like obviously there had to be. I would figure now, there'd I'm be more than one. I'm wondering what the motivation would be, yeah. and I'm thinking it might be something like, all right, so. If you ever get a snake jump on your back, mm-hmm. just you, you need to serpentine back and forth. Like serpentine. Oh, what are you like trying to show. What are you talking about? Yeah, no. So you're gonna want to like move like this, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, I can see okay. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like, oh, it's abstract art. It's like, no. What you want to do is go that way, that way, and that way. Here, let me show you. Give me, give me that rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a map, really. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, oh, in order to find the river, yeah. you just go to the right, so this, the left. go to the left, <laughs> left, <laughs> right, left. I was thinking you were going to say it was like to impress a woman or something, or or, or to impress a man. <laughs> and then there's always that too. Like if if you really want to get biological about that, there's you know in the same way that like there's different bird calls. There's probably been different ways like mm-hmm. the advancements of of man through the years how he would try to impress yeah and the get, female and yeah. get a mate. Mm-hmm. You know, or vice versa. Could have been a woman trying to get Check a woman trying to get a man. Who knows? Say, you've been seeing guys that draw straight lines. Right. Oh, Check yeah. this out. Check this out. I've seen a circle before. Oh, man, I better show her my A game here. <laughs> How about this one? Whoa. <laughs> imagine that, though. Like, Or he just, no one was doing anything like that. Yeah. And this guy just thought, I know how to do this. Check this out. It's like his uh, logo. His it's brand. His logo, right? Yeah. The first graffiti artist, Homo erectus. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's fascinating that there is even, even if it's a small possibility that this person 500,000 years ago thought of it in an artistic manner and not like we're saying either for some kind of, <laughs> yeah, you know, saying, it must be some sort of function. Yeah. yeah. That, that's amazing that somebody just sat there like, you know what, I'm just going to. I'm just carving this shell. So, you know, and then, you know, now we have memes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we're all sitting around uh, waiting to hunt or die, though. You know, I'm thinking like things, things were a little bit simpler for Homo erectus. You know, I'm thinking it's, yeah. uh, Yeah. well, what now? I guess I'll just draw on this shell. Yeah, exactly. Eggshell. Well, maybe they, you know, I mean, that's just one that we found. They could have had, maybe they had like, a whole collection. Maybe they had like gallery shows in the think, caves. I think you were on it with the impressing a girl. And yeah. It was just like, or, or this guy was just like an artist and doing autographs one day. Yeah. I mean, there is the oldest. It's like the cons- Taylor Swift or Justin Bieber of the Homo erecti. Yeah. So it's just in some teenage Homo erectus's bedroom, yeah. cave room. He was the Banksy. Know, the Banksy. The Banksy of the, Banksy of the yeah. But no, I mean, the, the oldest uh, considered artist studio is in South Africa, and it's like 50, some crazy amount, 30,000 years old or something like that. Okay. What well, makes it an artist studio, though? Well, they like found various uh, pieces, various. Yeah, they found like all the, where they made the pigments for okay. paint within the studio, um, okay. within this like kind of yeah. cave dwelling. So it's, you know, it's been in, you know, I mean, what else exactly? It's kind of like what you said, what. You're gonna hunt. You're gonna gather, and then sit around do some for other a while. stuff, right? Yeah. yeah, you know, just stare at the sky the whole time and paint some stuff or carve <laughs> carving a seashell. Mom, why'd you paint the Christmas decorations? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> now, another thing we found out this year is that humans or hominins, like the Den- Denisovans. 
okay. or some of our uh, ancient cousins, lived in the frigid heights of the Tibetan Plateau mm. 200,000 years ago, which upended the original belief that that place had only been settled by modern humans around 3,600 years ago. Why would someone want to live high up in the mountains? To get away from the rest of the I guess, yeah, <laughs> but goodness gracious, like multiple people too, huh? Yeah. Um, could be maybe... I wonder if there was an element, too, of, uh, I don't ever want to see you back down on ground again. You stay up there. It could be that. <laughs> you or like, and your weird family stay up mm-hmm. in that mountain. Or maybe don't. they thought that, it, like, from far it looked better than it was, you know? Yeah. They're like, we got to get up there. That's the promise. Yeah, it's beautiful up there. You yeah. know, and then they got up there. Like, Why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't leave now. <laughs> So we have nowhere to settle. <laughs> Everyone on each side of this mountain is crazy. Yeah, exactly. It could be that, too. Maybe just <laughs> maybe all the tribes around them where they're yeah. just like nuts. And they're like, hey, we've got to go somewhere that no one else is going to go. Seek peace in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they did it. And this Tibetan plateau is known as the roof of the world. I bet it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, 200,000 years ago. Some some Denisovans, which I think they have the best name for some of our ancient people. I mean, you know, Homo, everything else just Homo erectus, Homo sapien. They got the Denisovans. Sounds like a rock band. So Dennis, who discovered them? Who was the who was the Dennis that is claiming Dennis (laughs) Ovan? Or what's the what's the is that no? What's the uh, the origin word that makes a Denisovan? Well, it's Denny or Denisov. Is there like a Russian guy named Denisov or something? Uh, hmm. That is an interesting. Throwing, throwing questions at you. Come on, Professor Damien. <laughs> I'm going to use Professor Google. Professor Google. Why are they the Denisovans? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I could find it that fast. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. Denny is a nickname. <laughs> Denny's. Uh, oh, it's here we go. It's from because it's from the. Denisova Cave. They first found evidence in the Siberian Denisova Cave in the Altai Mountains. That makes sense. Nuclear DNA indicates close affinities with Neanderthals. So there you go. So they like the cold weather. Siberia, Tibetan plateaus. They just, maybe they had thicker skin and just... Didn't last, though. Somebody came down from the mountain or they didn't last. Or they interbred with us. Yeah, interbred. I mean, yeah. Came down. You said there was a gap. It was like 200,000 to like 3,600. 3,600, yeah. Yeah. But the Denisovans themselves disappeared, but they do believe that they probably intermixed. Same thing with Neanderthals. Yeah, they they probably had a couple of weird cousins that probably stayed up in the mountains here and there. (laughs) That's old man Denny up there. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into some more interesting archaeological discoveries right here on Think Theory Radio. Theory Radio, this is Damien, and today we're doing the Archaeology Year in Review. Or 
Is this the year that changed history? Probably not, but still. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's with, we're in a time period, though. We're always Maybe in this, a time period. We're always, <laughs> no, but no, it's, finish the sentence. Where are we going with this? <laughs> we're in a time period that has, I think that will go down in history as the one that changed a lot of what we believe about our, our ancient ancestors. Okay. Because I, of all these amazing archaeological discoveries that we're okay. talking about. And also because of the, uh, like I said, technology with lasers and now AI is getting mm-hmm. in the game. They're using AI to decipher ancient cuneiform tablets and and scan papyruses that are too delicate to, to break open. And now they can scan them with lasers and then have AI interpret them. It's interesting. Technology can help. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it hurts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, I'm sure it'll be one of those things where it's like, wow, this is amazing. Look what it says. And then, you know, 10, 20 years, I'm like, yeah, well, actually, they uh, got it wrong. And <laughs> that, that, that's, that's what I'm wondering. If, if AI is going to be so darn sure of itself that we're going to change the narrative on mm-hmm. what maybe we believed or what happened or what, you know. Well, it's also, too, because AI gets used by what we feed it. Mm-hmm. So if we're feeding it the wrong information. That's what I'm saying. It yeah. So it's like, so now it's like, uh, I, I'm trying to think. There's examples like this. You believe one thing about something and it's like, oh, no, no, this is what really went down. But it's mm-hmm. going to be like kind of a reverse effect where it's like, yeah, this is what we think happened. No, no, you got it completely wrong. This is what happened. All right. Now this is the universal belief. You know, yep. like, like, okay, so I think an example of that is going to be the moon landing. Okay. I think the moon landing actually happened. Yep. But I think there is such a prevailing online sort of conspiracy theory aspect to it that we're going to be producing generations upon generations of people that don't believe the moon landing is real. Yeah. That it's like then AI is going to have to come in and be like, no, actually, it was, right. it was this. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing about that, too, is it wasn't just there wasn't just one moon landing. Like we went there yeah, several I know, times, I know, but the, the we orbited, and now China's there. Yeah. I mean, so for it all to be, you know, I me, mean, I love a good conspiracy theory, of course. But, but, uh, but if, I for think, it to be faked, then that means every world government is in on it. Mm-hmm. Because why would China? I, I mean, show I could be wrong, but that one to me seems like the one that a lot of people like really yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, that, that that sounds right. Of course we faked it. Yeah. And it's like, all right, I'm not fighting this. This is right. <laughs> <laughs> this is incredibly dumb. Like flat earthers, I think are just people that are stubborn. You know, like that's like that's like the stubborn babies of the world. But yeah. like, I think I think I mean, there's like uh, moon landing like fakers that like you know like they're they're amongst us. Like they're rational people, and it's like oh wait you oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean I think a lot of that gets like as I've talked about on the show before. It gets there's there's a religious aspect to it. Sure. And it becomes a very, you know, well, the Bible says this and, and science is lying to us. I, you know what? I, and this is getting way off track, but just to say it really quick. I love that, like, there's all the people that are on their smartphones talking about science is fake. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like if it wasn't for quantum physics, there would be no smartphones. You wouldn't be able to use GPS. Yeah. So anyway. That's, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. And you wouldn't be able to use lasers and AI to find out about archaeological evidence that changes history. Well. Without science, I'm saying. I mean, you probably could. It's just you'd have. No, you couldn't create a laser without quantum yeah. physics. Well, yeah. Okay. I thought you were talking about archaeology. <laughs> you could do archaeology. You could have archaeology oh, findings sure. without lasers. And, for sure. For sure. I and mean, they did it for a while. That's true. 
but now we're finding more stuff easier yes. with the technology we have. And not using lasers, going back to the old way that you're talking about, one of my favorite discoveries this year, which just pushes back the timeline of human engineering feats and amazing and awesome <laughs> was uh, earliest evidence of buildings made from wood. Okay. How old do you think? Oh, I have no idea. I, I'm going to guess uh, 5,000 B.C. Probably uh, way before that, huh? Way. Way before that. 20,000 B.C. 476,000 years old. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's the belief, at least for now. Like, okay. know, all this could change, okay. right? <laughs> but uh, this was in uh, Zambia. It's a... Uh, Larry Barham from the University of Liverpool and his colleagues uncovered evidence at the Colombo Falls, an archaeological site in Zambia. In 2019, they spent a month excavating a sandbar some 300 meters upstream of the falls. And one of the artifacts they found was a wooden tool, probably a digging stick. And the number of sites where wood is preserved is small, says researcher Jeff Duller. Uh, as they continued to dig, they made another discovery, a 1.4-meter-long log overlying an even larger log that was too big to fully excavate during their month-long project. They saw that the overlying log had been worked with tools to fashion a deep notch midway along its length. This allowed it to interlock with the underlying log at a 75-degree angle, creating a relatively sturdy joint. <sighs> Uh, the researchers speculate that the two interlocking logs were once part of a larger wooden structure. They then dated the artifacts using a technique called post-infrared, infrared-stimulated luminescence. Okay. So, Showing some infrared light at yeah. it. <laughs> infrared, infrared, stimulated, whatever that means. Um, the, this involves measuring the time since the mineral grains in the sand that surrounded the wood were last exposed to light prior to their burial. The mineral grains and the artifacts they surround were buried around 476,000 years ago which implies that the wooden structure was built before our species evolved. The engineers therefore belong to an earlier human species, possibly Homo heidelbergensis or gensis. Never heard of that one. Nope. Heidelberg. <laughs> How did they get a German name down in Zambia? That right? doesn't make any sense. Well, I dodged. <laughs> there is a way. <laughs> And yeah, so we we already knew that ancient humans made use of wood because they found a 300,000-year-old wooden spears in Germany, which is probably where they got the name for the Heidelberg Gensis. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. We'll see where that goes and if they find anything more. But the fact that some of our ancient cousins were trying to build homes out of wood 500,000 years ago is mm -hmm. insane. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just... it's. Fathomable, half a million years ago. Yeah, right. And that's just, and, and that makes you think. And it makes sense if you think about kind of engineering and the evolution of it. You would start, you know, early humans would start mm -hmm. with wood before they went to stone. Yeah, right. So a lot of wood can't survive throughout the years and conditions. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. gonna, you know, disintegrate. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the reason they found these, because it's in, you know, in water, in a, in a bog. That's usually they find stuff like in Ireland or whatever. It's always in mm -hmm. a bog because it, it gets preserved <laughs> yeah. out of the bogs. And so I don't know how much more of this we would find because it's, you know, so there's so much 
who knows? There could have been these wooden towns that were built. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah, maybe not, but it could have been. But then yeah. we won't find evidence because it just disintegrated into history, or it's uh, buried deep somewhere. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And another talking about uh, early evidence of civilization. There was they f- they found an one of the world's oldest settle- settlements that was built by a culture nobody expected <laughs> it was the aliens. It's always the aliens. <laughs> That's a, I'm kind of thinking about like the whole, you know, like aliens taught humans to build pyramids. Like why, if the aliens had like UFOs and stuff like that, why would they teach them to build a pyramid? Right. Seems kind of, you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, just, we have all this, but here, just build this We need to show you this. Wait, couldn't you just teach us, like, some of the basics of engineering that got you off of your home planet and into our atmosphere? No, no, no. Just build this triangle thing and shut up. Okay, and we're building this Y. Is this, like, coordinates or positioning for you guys who can remember how to get back? No, no, no. You're going to bury your king in there. (laughs) Why don't we just put him in a... No, no, this this giant... Okay, all right. Well, this was actually a have found evidence of a civilization that's built by hunter gatherers, which goes against everything we've been taught about humans not building civilizations until we were into agriculture. That's why we settled and then we set, you know, built little city states around the agriculture they have actually found thousands of years before ancient people in Central Eurasia even learned to farm these hunter-gatherer groups in the subarctic. It's more of this cold area. They were uh, doing some things up there we did not know. They were building some of the first permanent fortified settlements in uh, western near the Amnia Am- River. Okay. A-M-N-Y-A in western Siberia. Siberians, man, I'm telling you, doing some things. Mm-hmm. This uh, archaeological site was officially unearthed in 1987, but recent radiocarbon dating has found the main pit house at Amenia Site 1 and its fortifications date back 8,000 years or so. Mm. There was uh, ancient buildings, fortifications, there's a pit house, and they've shown, uh, you know, with uh, kind of food remnants that there were basically hunters. They had they had everything they needed in that area. They were right <laughs> off the water, so they could fish, they could hunt. They didn't really need agriculture because they just kind of lived off of the nature around them. A uh, quote from archaeologist, archaeologist Tanja Schrieber from the Institute of Prehistoric Archaeology in Berlin says, Our new paleobotanical and stratigraphical examinations reveal that inhabitants of Western Siberia led a sophisticated lifestyle based on the abundant resources of the Taiga environment. So, yeah, Hmm. it's pretty cool. It's the same thing kind of with uh, Gobekli Tepe in Turkey that they believe that was built by hunter-gatherers and not farmers. So it's kind of, you know, showing us that, hey, our, you know, our ancestors are more advanced than we think. Mm-hmm. We've been doing different things yeah, in different they, areas. Had to be somewhat smart in order for us to be here. Right? 
I mean, you would think, but I don't know. I, I don't know, but I mean. <laughs> Not judging by modern standards. No combat. <laughs> uh, let's see. It's a turning point in history right now. <laughs> There's also, um, I found another one, another uh, settlement, one of the oldest settlements is, I'm going to find that. It's the Tripilia culture. Tripilia. I thought it was like a new like pop-up ad I was going to see. With Tripilia, you could get that cheap <laughs> hotel and flight option. <laughs> or it sounds kind of like a medication. Yeah, Tripilia. Yeah. Tripilia. Side effects may include. Yeah. And uh, so I was reading this article about how, what do you think was uh, the, the staple of this ancient civilization, this is actually older than Mesopotamia, in uh, the now the uh, near the Black Sea, near the Republic of Moldova and Ukraine, okay. about six thousand years ago. Okay, what do you think was their main staple nourishment? I'm going to say wheat, like bread, wheat, grains, peas. Okay, yeah, yeah, peas. Yeah, because it's a high protein amino acids. But yeah, it was uh, peas, grains, and beans were their, uh, seemed to be their primary diet, mm. along with other things. But yeah. yeah. But the other interesting thing is that they've found that this culture existed. Uh, they, they, it's regarded as one of the oldest cities in Europe, predating you know, the urbanization of Mesopotamia. Um, boasts a population of about 15,000 people. And they have, uh, using the laser imaging, they have seen some of the uh, structures and they had streets and houses. Seems like they had some form of government or rulership. And uh, yeah, they had the provisions of the residents of the mega sites was based on extremely sophisticated food and pasture management. <laughs> so it's pretty interesting. They like their peas, which actually peas are a really good source of protein, which I didn't you know know until recently actually because a lot of the new, uh, like, vegan and vegetarian stuff's all using pea protein. I've never enjoyed peas. No, you never liked a good split pea soup? No. You know can't say that I have, yeah. I mean, and I, and I guess part of it is I, I grew up with, like, mainly the frozen peas and whatnot. Oh, and yeah. I know I've had fresh peas before that were good, so maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I haven't done my uh, due diligence in, in respecting the pea. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. You know what's good is to do some pasta with pesto and some peas. Mm. I just got a uh, pestle and mortar for Christmas, so I think I'm going to do pesto There you go. in there. Pesto and your pestle. Pesto, yeah. No, that's, that's why pesto is. I know, I know. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> so let me tell you, I'm excited. That's a very old, talking about yeah, yeah, pesto and mortar. Yeah, pesto and mortar and pesto. Yeah. It's a very old uh, dish mm-hmm. or well, because pesto doesn't have to be just basil and pine nuts. It's mm-hmm. it's essentially anything you'd crush up in a pestle and mortar. So that's oh yeah. yeah. So pesto could be just about anything yeah. according to what I thought I read. So well, the pine yeah. nuts, though. I mean, that's yeah. what you know. The Greeks, an, yeah. I mean, you know, Mediterranean uh, yeah, food, right Egyptians, there. Yeah, basil, pine nuts, and uh, cheese go a, f- a long way in the the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, that's one of the ancient foods. It fits right in with yeah. that conversation. Olive oil, all that stuff. All right, make me hungry now. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's see. What else we got? We got, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, we got a couple minutes before we take a break. 
I, I could keep you the music can. playing. Yeah, well, it's, it's, we got three minutes on this. Can you think you can do it in three minutes? <laughs> on the just over the beat. Yeah. Yo, it's the archaeological retinoms. I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back with more exciting archaeological discoveries from 2023 and beyond. Welcome back to Think Theory Radio. Today we are talking about awesome archaeology and discoveries that changed the world. You're really hammering this home. This is like 2023 was the year of amazing archaeological. Until next year. And then I'll say next year. Because we keep getting, you know, every year, we're just finding more and more This was things. the grandest and greatest and <laughs> most exciting breakthrough in scientific history. <laughs> and speaking of, uh, you know, talking about technology, using it to figure out our past, and we were talking about aliens not building the pyramids. <laughs> well, there is a connection between space and the pyramids and how they were the built. And how they were built. <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry. Uh, the cosmos, right? The nope, uh, nope, constellations? Nope, 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 nope. nope. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Discovery from space shows that pyramids were built using water. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. In which way? Let's get to it. They, they, they use the streams to put the rocks uh, going down it or... I got this from Indy 100, a uh, uh, landmark discovery on ancient branch of the River Nile may have solved the mystery. May have. Let's, you know, may put have. that in there. Yeah, yeah, may have. We might have cracked the codes. <laughs> Until the new theory yeah, comes along. While floating in the International Space mm-hmm. Station. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, like, let's see. The now dried out, they believe that there was a waterway. The now the dried out waterway, which once ran through Giza, might have been used to transport the materials that were used to construct the pyramids. Uh, the proximity to the waterway might also ju- suggest why there is such a cluster of pyramids in that particular area of Cairo, as a large amount of water would have been able to support the various building blocks needed for the colossal structures. The discovery was made by Dr. Iman Goinam, who used radar satellite data from space to study the Nile Valley, which showed an invisible world of information beneath the surface. And speaking to IFL Science, Goinam Science... Uh, Gunam said the length probably was really, really long, but also the width of this branch in some areas was huge. We're talking about a half a kilometer or more in terms of width, which is something that is equivalent to today's Nile course width. So it wasn't a small branch. It was a major branch. The defunct waterway has been dubbed the Aramat branch and ran from Giza to Fayum and amazingly passed through 38 different pyramid sites. Now, without confirmation whether the river was active during the Old and Middle Kingdoms around 4,700 years ago, cannot fully determine if water was used to help build the pyramids, but they believe this could be the new theory. So, it's interesting that they're using kind of satellite imagery to figure out what used to be there. It does kind of make sense that they would fill, and I've seen um, computer renderings of showing, they would fill up water and slide the huge rocks in and then let the water go down and keep you know, filling it up that way. So we'll see where that goes. Now, 
I was talking earlier about kind of uh, these new discoveries that have changed our concept of gender roles in ancient society as well. And one of them was the kind of the, the idea of man the hunter. And now with meta-analysis published in June this year, compiled data on several dozen foraging societies and found that women hunted in 80% of them. And also in line with this, it emerged that an ancient spear-throwing tool called an outladl enabled women to launch projectiles at the same speed as men. And this is also, you know, adding to this, you have the, you know, the Viking queen Thyra, may have helped unify Denmark in the 900s, recent discovery. And going further back, an Iberian leader from about 4,000 years ago turned out to be female, not male, as many had assumed when they examined the proteins in her teeth and analyzed to show that it was a woman. And not only that, but there was also... In uh, this year, archaeologists discovered a 3,000-year-old stone slab that is also breaking ancient ideas of gender. In uh, 1898, a scholar called Manuel Rosa de Luna found a slab of stone that was engraved with a figure surrounded by carvings of a spear, a brooch, a sword, a chariot, and a mirror. That was the first time the uh, tombstone was seen from 2000 B.C., and ever since, 300 more have been found in Spain and Portugal. The most recent one on the list is a Stella that seems to upend all ger- gender stereotypes. The discovery of this large 3,000-year-old necropolis, funerary movements for ancient burial mounds, stone cysts, and cremation pits in Hulva, Spain, has allowed universities of Durham, Seville, Huelva, and Southampton to broaden their knowledge of the Stella. This Stella throws into question previous interpretations of the gender of the figures represented in the stone slabs, since those with motifs around the head of the figure had traditionally led to interpreting the figure as female, while this one clearly shows male genitalia. A statement released by Durham University stated that the recently uncovered Stella depicted a human figure with a detailed face, hands, and feet, a headdress, necklace, two swords, and male genitals, they added. Before this discovery, archaeologists had interpreted features such as a headdress and necklace on a stella as represented a female form, while the inclusion of weaponry such as swords would be interpreted as male warrior stella. This discovery, however, challenged these assumptions. It led the team to consider that social roles depicted by these carvings were more fluid than previously thought and not restricted to a specific gender. So, see, again, ancient people were more advanced. They weren't all stuck up like we are, confused, you know... Everyone's got their, everyone's got to be pegged into a hole. Now they didn't believe that, man. There's, they're more fluid, man. More fluid, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, now here's another, uh, this isn't as far back. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, going into the uh, technological world of the ancients. The, uh, the people that brought us the Antikythera mechanism, the world's oldest computer, oh. also invented the world's first telecommunications device. Mm. Of course, it's the ancient Greeks. They built the first uh, GPS positioning system. No. <laughs> the hydraulic telegraph, which is a 4th okay. century BC invention of the ancient Greeks. Invent, uh, had the capacity to send long-distance messages as early, as I said, the 4th century B.C. Uh, Hydraulic, so... Yeah. Okay. 
This ingenious apparatus is dubbed as the world's first telecommunications device. It was designed for military purposes, of course, yeah. by Aeneas Tacticus. I wonder if that's where tactical comes from, tacticus. Probably. Because, I mean, if this guy invented the first uh, telecommunication device for warfare, then you would think that's pretty tactical. And I guess he uh, built it with the purpose of more efficiently sending prearranged messages across the vast empire of Alexander the Great. Operation of the hydraulic telegraph is described in detail in Aeneas's work on sieges called Pol- Polio Polior Setica. I said that right, which was retrieved by Polybius. Polybius. The messages sent were along the lines of enemy on sight, cavalry attack, we need wheat, (laughs) (laughs) infantry in action, cyclical movement, and so on. (laughs) That's all these like military tactics. And then we need wheat. (laughs) We're starving out here. (laughs) The hydraulic telegraph was used by the ancient Greeks during times of war. And, uh, the apparatus was operated by messengers who stood at a given hill and used clay or metal cylindrical containers of equal size filled with water up to three cubits in height and up to one cubit in width. In each container, there was a cork floating. It was a little narrower than the mouth of the container. Rods divided into equal parts were inscribed with the same pre-agreed messages on each and attached to the center of the floats. The operator transmitter would lift a burning torch, signaling the operator receiver for the sending of the message and then waiting for confirmation with the rising of the torch from the receiver. Thereafter, the transmitter lowered his torch so as to signal for the simultaneous opening of both taps on their devices. The rods with the messages descended, and when the desired message to be sent appeared at the rim of the transmitter's device, he raised the torch once again, signaling the receiver for the simultaneous interruption of the outflow. And due to the geometric similarity of the devices, the desired message also appeared on the receiver's device. So that's pretty uh, amazing, pretty ingenious of Mr. Tacticus. I also have a list I got from National Geographic about some of the seven most exciting archaeological discoveries, not to upend all the other stuff we've been talking about, but there is uh, some of these. I don't know. I'm not going to read all of them, but some of them are kind of cool. Of course, I have to read one, which is, uh, you know, I got to get the Mayans in there. Lost Maya City, discovered by LiDAR. For those of you playing at home. Which, <laughs> which is the laser detection and ranging system. And in June, they discovered a previously unknown Mayan city on Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula. And for those of you who don't know, the technique uses airborne equipment to scan the landscape below with thousands of pulses of laser light every second, which can reveal otherwise hidden details beneath trees and other cover. Archaeologists who visited the site on foot have called the lost city Okumtun from the Yucatec Maya word for its many stone columns. They think it was a major center from about AD 250 until it was abandoned when the Mayan civilization collapsed between 900 and 1000 AD. And Okumtun covers more than 120 acres and features plazas, ball courts, elite homes, raised platforms, virtual altars, and pyramid temples. The remains of the largest pyramid are more than 80 feet high. About eight stories. Uh, also discovered this year was a submerged desert temple in Italy. Italian archaeologists announced in August their discovery near Naples of the underwater remains of a 2,000-year-old temple, which they think was built by ancient Nabataeans, hailing from modern-day Jordan and Saudi Arabia, 
the Nematians, who also founded Petra, which is a really cool area in Jordan where it's like carved into the, the mountainside. You ever yeah. see those temples? Yeah. And uh, these desert merchants supply the Romans with the luxuries of the East. Much of their trade arrived at the port of Petulio, Petuoli, now Pazzoli, which I'm probably not saying those names right. I apologize to my Italian friends. Hmm. Uh, a few miles west of Naples, the temple on the port shoreline had been submerged during volcanic activity in the area, which is in sight of Mount Vesuvius. The underwater ruins included an altar to the Nabataean gods, and archaeologists suggest the temple served as a billboard for Nabataean culture as well as a place of worship. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's a billboard. And we're here, man. Check us out. <laughs> Uh, two mummy workshops were found in ancient Egypt. Egyptian archaeologists announced in May that they had discovered two more workshops for mummification in the Scar Necropolis near the ruins of the ancient city of Memphis. One of the newfound workshops at Scar features stone beds meant for the preparation of human bodies, while the other has smaller beds archaeologists think were used to mummify animals. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so those are some, some of those. Also, um, keeping in the area of the of the Mediterranean, they also have found ancient evidence. Ancient Greek civilization was actually a quarter million years older than we thought, <laughs> or at least there were people in Greek around that time. Maybe not necessarily Greek civilization, but. Uh, <laughs> And uh, they found stone tools dating back to the lower Paleolithic, Paleolithic period, estimated to be around 3.3 million to 300,000 years old. They were discovered deep in an open coal mine in the Megalopolis area. This finding significantly pushed back the timeline of human presence in Greece, challenging the prevailing understanding of the region's early civilizations. And this Greek site was one of five investigated in the Megalopolis area. There's also another discovery in the Mediterranean area that changes some of our, our understanding of the past. An ancient human discovery. New fossils reveal a mysterious, mysterious hominin lineage from the Levant. Or Levant. <laughs> Levant, yeah. <laughs> I said it with a Chicago accent. Levant. Levant. <laughs> Uh, the Nesher Ramla Homo, an archaic hominin group found in Israel, reveals a complex intermingling of Eurasian and African hominins 140,000 years ago, altering perceptions of Neanderthal origins. So people were mixing up around that area way long ago, long before we knew. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Time for one or two more, maybe. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> let's see. Uh, we'll go back to the, let's, some ancient technology. Fit one of these in. And recent excavations at Gersu uncovered innovative civilization-saving technology of the ancient Sumerians. Let's see. Gersu is located near the modern city of Nasiriya in southern Iraq. And these excavations have been revealed by the uh, British Museum that ancient Sumerians invented the civilization-saving water channel about 4,000 years ago. Recent dig revealed a mysterious structure. And originally in the 1920s, they thought it was an unusually shaped temple. But now they believe that this was actually 
a way to deliver water to distant locations for agriculture. It was actually a device like a flume. And because the way of life could be threatened by vital canals drying up, might have led to uh, the Sumerians to create this anti-drought machine. Ibru Torin, architect and conservationist working with the British Museum team in Iraq, said this is absolutely one of a kind. There is no other example of it in history, really, until the present day. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> uh, it is not just a bridge. It is an anti-drought machine, anti-collapse. Furthermore, all the inscribed stone tablets speak of a water crisis and one last de- desperate attempt to save themselves. So it's pretty interesting. They knew what they were doing back then, man. <laughs> now let's see if we can figure out a way to save our civilization. If they could do it 4,000 years ago and save themselves from drought by building this stone flume, can we, with all our amazing technology, save ourselves now? So that in a 1,000 years, there won't be digging up our remains trying to figure out what happened to us we shall see or we won't <laughs> stay we tuned won't be on the next stay tuned <laughs> find out <laughs> on the next Think Theory Radio uh, thanks everybody for listening we'll be back again next year right here on WCPT 820 and every Saturday 6 to 7 p.m. Think Theory Radio 